I, Pahoran, whom the chief governor of this land, do send these words unto Moroni, the chief captain over the army. Behold, I say unto you, Moroni, that I do not joy in your great afflictions, yea, it grieves my soul. Alma 61, verse 2. Hey listeners, this is Neil from Book of Mormon Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, how is Pahoran a strong leader in turbulent times? Many great prophets, righteous leaders, and courageous heroes stand out to readers as they follow the Book of Mormon's complicated narrative threads. Everyone who reads the Book of Mormon can gain an appreciation and admiration for Lehi and Nephi, King Benjamin, Abinadi, both Alma the Elder and the Younger, and the sons of Mosiah. In the war chapters of Alma, valorous heroes like Captain Moroni, Teancum, and Helaman with his stripling warriors fill the pages with their larger-than-life deeds. In addition to these beloved and well-known figures, there are also many less recognized and often unsung heroes in the Book of Mormon, righteous men and women who go unnoticed by casual readers and often fail to make a lasting impression upon the minds of even studious Book of Mormon readers. Pahoran, for example, was the chief judge or governor of the Nephites during one of the most tumultuous times in Nephite history, and is even a Book of Mormon author, since his letter to Moroni was embedded directly into the Book of Alma. Yet he often goes unseen in Captain Moroni's long shadow. Careful consideration of the clues and details about Pahorn reveals him to be a principled and righteous leader worthy of study and emulation. Pahorn took his father's place as the chief judge and governor at the end of the 24th year of the reign of the judges. Initially, he may have been reluctant to fill the judgment seat, but circumstances thrust leadership upon him. Immediately, as his reign began in the 25th year, the kingmen arose and sought to have the law amended to allow monarchies to be established. Recognizing the divine origin of the Nephites' laws and the threat monarchy posed to the freedom of the people, Pahoran would not alter nor suffer the law to be altered. This decision was backed up by the voice of the people, illustrating that from the beginning of his reign, Pahoran gained loyal support from his people. As this matter was just being resolved, news reached Zarahemla of an invading Lamanite army. Seeing an opportunity, the kingmen would not take up arms to defend their country. This created a dangerous situation. No doubt recognizing the serious risk this posed for the Nephite people, Pahoran granted necessary emergency powers to Captain Moroni to allow him to handle this urgent situation in a timely manner. Pahoran fades into the background as the narrative shifts focus to the war efforts away from the capital. When Pahoran comes back into focus five years later, in the 30th year, it becomes clear that things at Zarahemla have been just as eventful as on the front lines. In response to a scathing rebuke from an understandably frustrated Moroni, Pahoran reveals that the internal dissension of the kingmen has continued. The kingmen were able to seize power at Zarahemla, were deliberately withholding support from Moroni's armies and colluding with the Lamanite attackers. This should not be taken to suggest that Pahoran was a weak leader. The majority of the Nephites' eligible fighting men were out in the field, leaving the capital vulnerable. Pahoran was able to escape to Gideon, however, and establish a stronghold there. At Gideon, Pahoran rallied enough support for his cause that those who have risen up in rebellion do fear us and durst not come out against us to battle. The situation had become a stalemate. From here, Pahoran was somewhat worried concerning what we should do, whether it should be just in us to go against our brethren. It was in this context that Pahoran received Moroni's letter. No wonder he was able to so graciously reply despite Moroni's incensed tone. Pahoran knew Moroni's stern rebuke did not matter at the moment, for there were larger issues at stake. Now was no time to get indignant about Moroni's accusations. Pahoran recognized that Moroni was largely right about the circumstances in Zarahemla, minus Pahoran's own involvement. 
What's more, Bahorn actually received Moroni's letter with joy because it helped him see the best way out of his predicament. Moroni had said, Behold, the Lord saith unto me, If those whom ye have appointed your governors do not repent of their sins and iniquities, ye shall go up to battle against them. With some added manpower and the experienced military leadership of Moroni, Pahoran knew they could overcome the stalemate and tip the odds in their favor. He quoted Moroni's revelation back to him while trying to convince him to bring reinforcements to Gideon so that together they could take back Zarahemla. And that's exactly what happened. Pahoran was restored to the judgment seat. The traitorous kingmen were legally dealt with and peace was restored. Thanks to a more stable political situation in Zarahemla, Pahoran determined to take a more active role in ending the war once and for all. He joined Moroni on the march to Nephiha with provisions and reinforcements, and he actively helped reclaim that strategically important city. Pahoran actively led troops in the battlefield until the war was over when he finally returned to his judgment seat at the end of the 31st year. Pahorn would remain the chief judge for another eight years before passing away. His death precipitated a crisis in leadership, illustrating just how important he had been to the stability of the Nephite government at a crucial time in its history. The importance of good leadership is widely recognized today, and many books have been written about the best leadership practices for business and politics. Commonly recognized principles of good leadership include leading by example, recognizing that leadership is about people in relationships, being willing to admit mistakes, understanding the value of listening, and working together to achieve more. Remarkably, the brief account of Bahorin's activities available to readers today distills the essentials of leadership. Bahorin's example yields 12 leadership principles that could be appropriately applied today. He followed the rule of law, and he would not alter the law even under pressure from self-serving dissidents. He would not alter the law without time to ensure that the new laws would be good laws. He remained in touch with the voice of the people and common sense. He did not abrogate the legal process, but detained people and delayed their trial. He did not give up, even under extreme distress or difficulty. He worked creatively with available resources. He recognized that he had a problem, did not make excuses or blame someone else. He did not imprudently counterattack, but made his position strong enough that his dissenters feared to attack it. A strong defense is often best. He worried about civil war being immoral. Your fellow citizens should not be your enemy. He gave Moroni the benefit of the doubt. He realized that Moroni lacked good information. Leaders give correct information, not propaganda or unconfirmed rumors. He remained loyal to his friend, knowing he was doing the best he could. He made lemonade out of a lemon, a good situation out of a hard situation. Most important of all, in his nearly 15 years as chief judge, he lived up to his oath of office, to judge righteously and to keep the peace and the freedom of the people, and to grant unto them their sacred privileges to worship the Lord their God, yea, to support and maintain the cause of God all his days, and to bring the wicked to justice according to their crime. Thank you for listening. For more information on the Book of Mormon, visit bookofmormoncentral.org and click on the Know Why tab.